Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. Well, believe it or not, with all the excitement, we're drawing to the close of the formal service time. I'm going to share a few brief words from Scripture, but it's not going to be the full-length sermon you're used to, so I, I know you're brokenhearted. Uh, forgive me that just this one Sunday, there's so much going on that I'm going to give a shorter sermon. But after that's over, I don't want you to think of the food back there as snacks on steroids, and it's an optional kind of thing. But I want you to understand that that, that Thanksgiving meal that the teams have worked so hard to prepare and the, the community groups have, have brought a lot of food, we want you to think of that as part of the whole worship experience today. And you've got a wonderful meal presented for you, but also on top of the food, this is a chance for our church to just share life together. And so I want to encourage each of you to stay behind and, and stick it out to the whole meal, and let's eat together. And when it's all done, if you can stick behind and, and help the teams do a little of the cleanup, we'd be very grateful. Okay, so let's remember that the meal is a part of the whole Sunday experience at Harvest this morning. I want to ask you, if you would, uh, just to direct your attention to the screen, and we're, we're going to look into the Word of God just briefly today, and, and the, the theme uh, is about Thanksgiving. And a lot of people would say that it is somewhat inappropriate to be acknowledging people when at Thanksgiving we should be acknowledging God. And I understand the, the, the spirit of that, I really do. I think the first and most important person that we acknowledge at Thanksgiving is the one from whom every good thing comes. And so without any doubt, God is the one in focus this morning for us as a church. We are so grateful to God. But if you reflect about it a little bit, what you'll realize is that so much of the time, in fact, I would say the vast majority of the time that we're thanking God, we're doing it because of a response to something another person has done in our lives. In other words, rarely do I pray for a meal and then food drops out of the sky like it did for the Israelites and there's a turkey plop right on my table. and go, oh, thank you, God. No thank you to any other person. Just thank you, God. Of course, every, almost every time I'm giving thanks, it's because God has used somebody else in my life to be his hands and his feet and his voice. There are so many examples of this through Scripture. I don't think I need to comment on all of them, but I wanted to show you some of the key examples. In Romans 1.8, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed for all of you. Philippians 1.3-5, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. I always pray for you and I make my requests with a heart full of joy because you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. Colossians 1, 3-4, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When? When we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2-3, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we talk to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your continual anticipation of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just give you one more. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith, for now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God 
because of you. So have I made my point? I mean, there are so many examples in Scripture where a person is thanking God, but they're doing it because they see the lives of other people and how God has used them. And that's why we acknowledge one another as well as our God, because that's the way the kingdom of God moves forward. And that is so often how God displays himself in this world is through the faithful obedience of one another. Very rarely do miracles happen where things we need just materialize out of thin air. And, and so I hope you understand that quite often when we're thanking God, we're thanking one another. And when we're thanking one another, we also always should remember to thank God. Because quite often that person wouldn't have done in your life what they did if God had not first met them and changed the way that they think and feel and act. And it's all intertwined. And so as we think about gratitude this Thanksgiving, I hope that God will bring to your mind first himself, but then the countless people throughout the year who have played a part in making your life better and reminding you that there is good as well as bad on the earth. And as we reflect on that principle, I think another, another truth has to be acknowledged, and that is that, that our obedience to God matters for precisely this reason. See, we don't just obey God to get brownie points. We don't obey God so that we have good karma, more goodwill stacked up than bad will. But the reason we obey God, one of the primary reasons, is because God uses us to reveal himself to other people. You know, almost every day we're faced with little choices. Will I obey God or will I not? There's a little fork in the road, and it doesn't seem like a big drum roll, please, momentous occasion. Sometimes it's just a small fleeting moment where you know in your spirit you're supposed to do something. And you're faced with that choice, do I obey or simply do I not? It might be that you, you see a clear moment where the Bible teaches you what any Christian should do in that situation, and there you're faced with it, and you've got to make a choice. At other times, somebody is clearly giving you a request for help. Would you do this for me? And you've got to make a choice. Still other times, like we talked about in previous weeks, there is this quiet, irrepressible uh, prompting in your heart. You know what I mean? That little voice inside that says, you need to do this thing for this other person. You need to do it, and you know in your spirit you should. And again, you're faced with a choice. Do I simply ignore it, or do I respond to God, and do I put my life on the line and obey Him? How we resolve those decisions has a huge impact on the lives of other people. And that's why we absolutely need to obey God. Because our act of obedience may very well be God's way of answering somebody else's prayer. I, I told you once before about a time that I got stranded, ran out of gas because my friend lent me his car without letting me know that it was on empty. And so at 2 in the morning, I found myself hitchhiking on 294. And... Uh, I just remember thinking, please won't somebody stop for me. I've driven past I don't know how many hitchhikers, um, but I'm thinking now it's my turn and nobody is stopping and I was so offended. I was so upset at all the callous people just driving by and one dude stopped and man was I thankful. He went out of his way to help me. And I just thought how important it is when we decide in favor of being available to God. Here's one last aspect I want to bring up, and believe it or not, we're almost done. There's <laughs> got to be some kind of record. In Matthew 5:16, Jesus once taught a whole crowd of people this very important principle 
Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. What Jesus was teaching is that when we decide to obey him and do what is good and right, it has a profound and public effect on the lives of other people. What he's really saying is when you obey me and do what is good in the lives of other people, it is, it is basically the same effect as when there is tremendous darkness and someone turns on a light. This imagery in the New Testament is very powerful about, about the contrast and the battle between what is dark and what is light. And what Jesus is teaching is every decision, big and small, that aligns our lives with God's will and chooses the path of obedience, every little decision we make in that way sheds more light in a world where darkness keeps trying to encroach. I will never forget when I was... Uh, in the summer of 1985, I just graduated from high school. I was looking forward to university. My brother decided to go to Kenya with an outfit called Teen Missions International. Initials were TMI before that stood for too much information. And I remember going down to the TMI base camp in Florida, Merritt Island, Florida, after a 24-hour drive, and we arrived just in time for the commissioning service at sunset. They did it in this gigantic circus tent kind of apparatus. And what they did was, out there... The starlight is pretty bright, but in the covered tent, it was just dark as night. And what they did at the, at the very end of the service, they had a candlelight service, and they shut down all the lights, and I have never been in such inky darkness before. I mean, I was holding up my hand right in front of me, and I couldn't see it or even sense it. It was just so dark. And then somewhere in this vast tent, filled with hundreds and hundreds of teenagers, someone lit a match. And it was amazing the effect of that one match in all that inky darkness, such a vast space, but everyone in that space at the same moment saw that one tiny match. And then that person lit their candle, and that teenager passed the flame to the next one and the next one. And when it was done, several hundred teenagers had a lit candle, and the place was glowing with the most beautiful light you can imagine. And that was symbolic of what we do when we share God's light in the gospel message, but it's also symbolic of what happens every single time we choose to obey God and make our lives available to Him. It lights the darkness. And let me tell you as a pastor that I have seen a lot of darkness encroach in people's lives. It's pressing down all the time, wanting to make you depressed and bitter and filled with pain. It wants to define your life and shut out every other thing that is good and, and manifests God. And as the darkness encroaches, people find it harder and harder to see God. But that single act of kindness or generosity or righteousness shines a candle in that dark. And it allows people to see God more clearly so that the end result is that they will bring glory to Him as they come to know Him and acknowledge Him in their lives. This is what Jesus taught, that our obedience matters every day because that's one of the ways that God lights this dark world and reveals Himself to people. And I know that some of you sitting here this morning could really use a little bit of light in your darkness. And if you came here this morning with bad news weighing down your heart, or just with a bad life, a life where you struggle to find anything to be grateful for. I want to just remind you 
that God is still reaching after you. And if you look for Him with all your heart, the Bible promises, especially in the dark valleys, you will find Him. And if you look for Him and you find Him, He will begin to light that dark again. Do not despair. Do not give in and take the easy way out. God is fighting for your heart, and I know there's a lot of dark, but He will win the day. Just don't abandon ship. And if you need the church ever in your life, it is when you want to bail because things are too heavy. On a day like this, lean on your church. Let people know that the dark is threatening to win, and they'll know that they need to shine more light into your light. That's why we need each other. That's why God has given us one another. Darkness is everywhere, but the light of Christ, even one single flickering act, is by far more powerful than the darkest dark. Don't ever, ever forget that. I want to invite you to bow with me, and and let's pray together. As we're waiting for the praise team to come back up, I want to just invite you to bow your heads. Let's respond together. If you're having a hard time giving thanks this morning, I want you to remember that some of the ways that God will produce gratitude in you is by reminding you of all the people that have made an impact on your life this past year. And in quiet, let's just reflect on all the ways that God has been good and ask Him to fill our hearts with gratitude. And then as we do that, I want us to make ourselves available to God. Because even before this day is over, you will face that choice yet again. Will I obey God and be available to Him so that I I can be part of the blessing in someone else's story? There's a lot of ways to measure a human life, but one of them is this. Did you leave this world lighter or darker than when you found it? How much gratitude has your life produced in others' hearts? And I think that's a beautiful way to measure a human life. So let's just reflect now for a few minutes. And then as you pray and give that private response to God, in a few moments the praise team will lead us in one final song. For some of you, the very next decision you may need to make about obeying God will be to simply go up to one of those stations and see how God might want to use you to continue what he's doing through this church. And I want to encourage you that whether this is your first Sunday at Harvest or you've been here for years, that God invites you to lend a hand and help build his kingdom. And your joy and your own light will increase as you do that and you'll cast that on others. So make the most of this next 15 minutes and afterwards someone will call you back to your seats and will give you instructions for how to get to your, the food which is what many of you have been waiting for. Some amazing, high quality food. We don't, we don't give spam up in here. We, quality food. We don't, we don't give, your heart will be even more thankful after that and we'll share that time together. Receive the blessing. May God reveal himself to you in a thousand ways in the year ahead. And may he bring to your remembrance all the times in the year past that he has been there right alongside of you. He has always poured into your life. You just need eyes to see him. He has always, 
always been there, and He always will be. May you see that now and every day. May God fill your life with gratitude. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God, be blessed both now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.